0: Today's episode, we've actually got a female in the house. So <laughs> I've ditched the lads. You know, Phil and Luke are nowhere to be seen. And introduce yourself, first of all.
1: Uh, so my name is Danny Downey. Um, I'm a member of the gym crew, been since last February, and I'm a hypnotherapist.
0: Perfect. And the episode today, what we're going to talk about, everyone, is things around the gym. Because for me, and I always said this, Danny, like a good friend with Danny all the time. And I always feel like there's a lot of people that know what they should be doing. So we all know, unless we've been hidden under a rock, that we should be lifting some weight to being female. Yeah,
1: Absolutely.
0: or male doesn't matter. Yeah, non gender specific, we should be doing some steps. We should be eating less. So my question to you is, why, if we know what we should be doing? Are we not doing it? Because obviously, some, some people are doing it. But other people struggle and kind of, I want you to kind of just explain a bit why you feel people struggle and then we'll get into why hypnotherapy can work for people.
1: Cool. So I think that for lots of people, um, they perhaps join with an amazing intention. So loads of people get to January and go, right, that's it, new year and me. But what they perhaps haven't aligned is their subconscious. And until we get our subconscious 100% in gear, we make 90% of our decisions, really, with our subconscious mind, that things are never really going to shift. There's often a lot of stuff that we've carried for years, a lot of very subconscious habits that perhaps make us feel very safe. Um, In a world where one in three people have anxiety, um, our subconscious mind and our primitive mind are always going to look for ways of making us feel safe. So you might walk into the gym and think, yes, I've smashed it for the first week, but very quickly, the subconscious mind takes back control and says, "Ah, oh, yeah, but you don't really feel that safe in the gym. Let's go and do the things that make you feel much safer, which for a lot of people are drinking drugs, smoking, sex, gambling, all the things we shouldn't do. Yeah. makes sense? Definitely. Definitely.
0: Cool. Now, I'm a believer because I've had hypnotherapy myself. <laughs> yeah. And I had issues with my sleep. I know I don't always document it quite a lot. I don't tend to like always talk about my things and I, my struggles which I probably should do a little bit but I have a self-doubt you know maybe not feel like I've achieved enough in my life you know I know it's not our session but it's kind of I just <laughs> want people to realize that I might come around like I'm all happy clappy but actually there's a lot of things I think about and I think you'd be probably maybe a narcissist or maybe not, not a narcissist maybe but you may be a bit delusional if you think you didn't have any problems because I think every single person has yeah. problems now I'm really open-minded and I try anything I try you know therapies herbals you know anything and I'll just jump in with two feet so for anyone out there who says it doesn't work right why why do you think that is do you think it's just because they haven't tried it or
1: I think um, hypnosis is really different from hypnotherapy. Hypnosis is what you see on the TV. It's a bit like me saying to you, right, Luke, when you open your eyes, you're going to be a chicken. And I click my fingers and you're a chicken. What people don't see behind that is that they do susceptibility tests whenever you see like a hypnotherapy show. Um, So you're checking that somebody's game for a laugh. Right. So there's a real difference. So people kind of come from hypnotherapy thinking that that's everything I do is turning people to chickens. I only turn people to chickens if that's what they want. Yeah. So I can't make you be a chicken unless you're game to be a chicken. Um, so I think it's really important that people sort of realise that hypnotherapy is more about engaging the things you want to do. I can't make you in a session go and stand on your head. Um, Or do a cartwheel or stand naked outside unless you want to. But what I can do is when you're aligned with your goals and your kind of your desires, I can help you enhance those, which is why it works. I've had a couple of clients who've been sent by wives or mums or something to either stop smoking or to be calmer. And if that's not what they desire then it's not going to happen. So for me, the perfect client is somebody who is really ready to say, actually, this is where I want to be. This is truly how I choose to be. And I think there's a real choice of words there. It's how we choose to be, not how I should be. Because when we use the word should, our primitive brain pushes back and says, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So there's a real difference, I think. And that's why hypnotherapy works, when you're truly aligned and truly engaged.
0: So when you actually like, you actually think right, I'm going to chuck myself in with this, open-minded, whereas I think people go in with a closed book and they're like, this isn't going to work. It's a bit like the physio. So my brother had loads of shoulder problems. So he goes to the physio, the physio has an hour session with him and then he gives him work to do. Doesn't do any of the work. And then two (laughs) weeks later he goes, well, that was shit. And I always think to myself, same with everything, it's like coming to the gym, we train you, online coaching, you do your check-in form, great. But if you're not going to apply any of that, Feedback and do it next week, then to be honest, there's no point in filling out the check-in form. So, I'm guessing with your session, it's the same. It's like there's only so much work you could do in one session, but I think a lot of people think it's like lying on a couch, you're under. (laughs) But kind of if you run it down, if you explain it a bit, like what would happen in a session? So, for example, if I came to you, what would you? What would be the first initial part of the session and how would it happen and what would go on from there?
1: So the first uh, my first question to all my clients is always what's been good, what's been better. And the reason for that is I can't help you to get into trance, which is that lovely, relaxed state. If your mind is negative and in, in, in a really negative place. So when I ask you what's been good, your brain goes, oh, let me look. Let me look at all the good things that have happened to you this week so there's a bit of a kind of play goes on every week in my sessions and I I remind my clients that this is why I'm asking them this and the importance of it what they then tell me is as they're driving to my sessions their brain's going oh bugger she's going to ask me what's been good so they're mentally rehearsing all the good things that they've done when they do that they release the calming hormones serotonin they release endorphins because every thought we have our brain thinks is real which is really powerful. So if your thoughts are really negative, your brain is sending you anxiety hormones. If your thoughts are cognitively more conscious and positive, your brain's gonna send you serotonin, which is gonna keep you in a happy place. And then some of our session then is, how are you gonna move your week forward? A little bit like the stuff you do with clients yep. in their booklets. So, you know, what's gonna be good about this week? What's be, what can you change? What could be better? Um, and then when you're in trance, trance is a really natural state. If any of you have driven anywhere, Um, and thought, bugger, I didn't even remember that I drove here today. I forgot how I did it. That's trance. And most of us will mong out, go into trance, about 60, 70 times a day. It's a really natural state. And it's just kind of pre-sleep. It's just the bit just before you go to sleep. So I never let you dribble or snore. Um, You're never deep enough that you can't wake up. And when my clients come round after a bit of trance, which is either sat up, lay down, it doesn't really matter, um, and that can be for about 15, 20 minutes of a session. Um, they're completely awake. They feel really ready for their day, but they do feel very relaxed.
0: Yeah, I felt like it with um, when I saw <laughs> um, a gentleman called Richard and basically just talking for his sleep. And it was kind of, I was doing it. And even when I felt like I was drifting, I can remember him actually bringing me back to the room a little bit. And it's kind of like he's not letting you. He wasn't letting me get to that point where I was completely out. I could kind of still know what was going yeah, on. It's a I was bit aware like of floating. I yeah. think.
1: That, and that if I was to say to you when you were kind of in trance, if I noticed that a client was going really deep, I'd just use your name right. because your so your primitive mind, the bit wants to keep you safe, is always going to be a little bit alert during trance. Yeah. So if I say to you, Luke, next time you uh, next time you're worried, you're going to think how confident you are and look back at all your wins. Um, your brain's going to go, oh oh, I'm still here. So it kind of, it looks it looks around a bit like a meerkat. Yeah. Does a bit of a check, says, yeah, am I safe? And off you go again to sort of drift away. And you're not actually listening during trance. It's like letting the words wash over you. So people think that they have to really intently listen, but actually it's the subconscious that's listening. So it's not actively listening like you and I are doing today. It's really different.
0: Now, I want to know where what you, where your game is, where you think it comes in. Because for me, the more I think about it, the more I feel like that should be the first point of call. And I'm not saying it has to be hypnosis or hypnotherapy. I think it could be just seeing someone. And I think this is for people that really can't nail something. So I feel like if, um, let's go on the weight loss, right? Most people listening to this wanna lose weight. If then they've joined a gym, they've joined a coach, they've joined an online program, they've done Slim and World, Cambridge, you you name it, they've done it. And they've maybe just, maybe had some success, but not long-term success. Clearly to me, I don't know if you agree, it's the the mindset that's the issue because it's not necessarily the application because they've lost the weight or yeah. they've lost pounds, but something happens that keeps them failing. Now, where would you put, and I, well, let's just call it therapy, where would you put like yeah. kind of, where do they do it? Do you think they should maybe get that started first of all? Or do you think they could do it in conjunction with each other? Or do they start the training first? Because it not it, it overwhelmed to do too much? I just want to hear where you think.
1: I think, it's very easy to get overwhelmed um, from a weight loss point of view. I think lots of people come with really good intentions. Most of your clients haven't joined because they think they're going to fail. They've yeah. joined because they think they are going to they are going to do it and achieve their goals. And a lot of them have probably been serial dieters or serial yo. You know, they've been to all the, all the clubs in the world. For me, until you shift those inner patterns, which might be trauma-based, it might be just habits that have really stuck, like we said before about safety, um, it can be very difficult to achieve your goals. But I think the two can definitely be done concurrently. Yeah. Even as a therapist and somebody who's only started training since last February, I'm still learning stuff about me and my food triggers. But I had an eating disorder as a kid. Um, my daughter's had an eating disorder, although she never knew about mine. So there's obviously something at play at there that, you know, genetically maybe. But I think that it can we can still be learning about all the things that, that go on. It doesn't matter for me whether it's a talking-based therapy like counselling, which is very different to what I do. A talking-based therapy will take you back to the point of, why do you do this and let's unpick it for some people if it's a really bad trauma that can be really re-traumatizing your body relives that experience over and over again i don't do that i don't believe i didn't find it helpful for me when i had lots of counseling 10 years ago so i've always been let's look forward yeah i don't need to re- unpick the past it's done i can't change it so let's move forward um and for some of my clients, they tend to come to me as a last, ba- a last based attempt. Really, it's like shit. I've tried counselling. Des- desperation, tried to keep it. yeah, it is exactly, Completely, yeah, yeah, exactly that. They've tried everything else, and nothing else has worked. So it's like, well, I may as well give this woo-woo shit a go. Yeah, and they come with a real almost scepticism. Yeah, and are then really shocked at how quickly and powerful it works. So I think it doesn't. It, they can be done concurrently. I think we don't know we've got a problem until we've got a problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, it doesn't know until somebody's been with you six weeks and. a doing what they say they're doing but actually they perhaps are still going home and self-sabotaging they don't realize that there's a problem and that's where hypnotherapy can be really useful and really quick at sort of putting the cherry on the cake so that when they're working you know alongside a, a pt or with a program it allows them to get the best out of that because they're getting the best out of themselves
0: Com- completely when my one when i was actually like i had about of like four weeks of just not great sleep i hate to say it, but I take to put negative things on it because I always think to myself, <laughs> I don't want to keep saying I'm not a good sleeper because then that puts the kind of impression that I'm not a good sleeper. So yeah. I tend to not use like negative words. But mine was I reached out to him because I genuinely was at the limit. I was like, this is getting stupid now. And I, was in a neg- I felt like I was in a negative cycle. Yeah. It was just like I was getting anxious before I went to bed. Exactly. Like I was even dreading going to bed, which is mad. And then yeah. it was like one bad night, two bad nights, three, four, five. But actually, I then realized that when I spoke to my parents, I've never really been great at sleeping, but I've never had any like major trauma, so I've always had a really, really good life like I've not for wanted for anything, not yeah. saying we've done not saying that we've had five star holidays, but we've had great holidays like we've been to Florida, you know, I've always played sport, that kind of thing I've never not wanted for anything, yeah, yeah. so there's never a situation, and I found it quite hard because. <laughs> My mum said to me, because previous um, one of my girlfriends passed away when I was younger, and mum goes, you probably want to go and speak to someone. So I spoke to a lady on the phone, you know, on Zoom during yeah. lockdown, and it didn't do anything for me at all. I actually yeah. found, like, I come off a session actually a bit like annoyed. I feel like it was a general stereotypical, open the book up, write what's happened in childhood. And I yeah. was like, well, I've had a really good childhood. And it was like going through that. And that kind of in a way not made me a bit more like frustrated because I'm just, but I understand she was doing her work, yeah. but I'm a bit more like you. I'm more proactive and forward thinking
1: so and I think you've got a huge amount of resilience. and I'm not saying that clients who are not getting where they want to be haven't got resilience. Yeah. But to some degree, we know that resilience is learned. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't look at me naturally to think, actually, you know, she's a child sexual abuse su- survivor and ran away from home and has yeah. you know, got all this shit going on in the background, stuff I'm still juggling with and, yeah. and, and g- working through. But I think it's the difference is that I choose not to let it hold me back. I choose to constantly be moving forward. Yeah. And that's a mindset thing. That's a choice.
0: Th- that's the thing I find. I find that maybe and I'm not dissing any therapy at all, but I just feel there's certain therapies that work for certain people. And, and I feel like yes. the, the forward thinking, like the CBT, you know, yeah. for example, the therapy, I feel like it's more put in the positive things in oh you can do this you can do that you're gonna get a great night's sleep you know you are a great sleeper and i feel like that to me is like oh right i suddenly like the lights open however i feel some people might benefit from talking about their past i i just don't feel that benefits me but it's not for everyone but i don't think people should be forced to this is the way it works, and that's what you should do because exactly. I just don't think it works for everyone.
1: Yeah, and I, but I think when somebody's open to therapy, some, and sometimes it's about finding the right therapist. Yeah, they know that most of therapy work relies on a really good relationship with your therapist. So it could be any kind of therapist, but if you're not aligned with that person. <clears throat> excuse me, and don't feel that you've got a connection with them. Yeah. Actually, you could have all the therapy in the world and it's never going to work. So it's really important that you find whatever therapy it is you're going to do, that you find the therapist that really floats your boat, that you feel very safe with, you know, that you've, you've got something in common. It's a bit like your PT. Yeah, if your PT is a tosser, you're probably going to walk away. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I feel it's interesting though, because it's like you, you're unravelling like Charlotte's web in a way, aren't you? Like yes. you're literally giving... And if you're a bloke, especially, I think women are are much more like better at sharing their feelings, you know. Whereas men, I think men don't like to accept they've got an issue or problem, and I think to actually like offload that problem onto someone without someone judging them and actually being confidential, because you know of our coaching program, you know it's quite laughy banter. You know, you know everything about us. You know everything about Fion, about Luke, (laughs) and there's not really any secrets. So you know some people might not necessarily give their deep issues to us because they actually think oh it's quite a fun got like high kind of groups people do offload and we know we would never share anything that was personal yeah. but it's quite banterous whereas I feel like you have to really open up to someone so one-to-one basis you need to be able to trust that person yeah. which probably I'm guessing takes some sessions before uh, yeah.
1: for, for me, I, I love hypnotherapy because it's so quick. Most mm. of my clients will be with me no more than six to 12 sessions. Yeah. Um, the longest I've worked with somebody is nine months, and that was a young person who had multiple suicide attempts. She's now living her best life, and I say yeah. that it's that's quite banal, but she is trained to be a teacher. She's in an amazing place, and that took a lot of time because if you think that every habit we have goes back to you've got a brain, you've got a brain sort of pattern in your brain that is really quite deeply anchored. Yeah. So, my job as a hypnotherapist is to help you to create a whole new brain structure, a new way of thinking and being and doing that then becomes more powerful than the other one, yeah. and then the brain trims that down. So, if, you, if you're not with me for long enough. You don't really get true change. I've seen a couple of people say, oh, you can be fixed with hypnotherapy with one session. I'd say that's bollocks. Yeah. It's absolute tush because you, you can't get true neuroplasticity, which is that change and making new pathways on just one session. Um, so, you know, we've got to be able to be, get true change. And, and it's very different to talking therapy. Most people would be with a therapist for about a year, probably. Yeah. But again, if it works for you, then, then do it. And if you can't afford therapy, then you can be your own best therapist. And doing things like journaling, the stuff oh. you say in your books, this and whatnot. Is what,
0: this is what i was going to come on to, then. So this is my—you've <laughs> question. answered my question already. I read your so mind. you read my mind. So basically, the, to to end this session over our uh, one-to-one session, yeah. Yeah, I'll pay you later. <laughs> then, um, what would you say to someone who maybe hasn't got the confidence? to maybe reach out and have a, a session with yourself or or any other therapist for that, for that matter or someone financially who's not in a position so let's start off with someone with no confidence what, what would be the first steps in order to maybe build the confidence to jump on the phone and reach out for a conversation
1: most therapists will offer a bit of a free chat I yeah. do a free hour long consultation um where there's no I don't sort of press gang everybody anybody at the end and get them to work with me um most people will often do a free online thing as well. Most people will work by Zoom. Um, I would say that if you're struggling with confidence, then it, it comes from within that you have to still start walking the walk and telling your subconscious mind all the things that you've done to make you feel more confident, all the wins that you've had, all the successes. If I said to you, Luke, don't think about the tigers, yeah. what's the first thing your brain's just Think about at? the tigers. Of course. Yeah. So when we tell ourselves I'm unconfident, I'm an unconfident person, or I'm an anxious person, your brain sends you all the evidence it can, because you've asked it to, of all those times you've been unconfident. Yet when you flip that around, a bit like the sleep thing, every yeah. time you were saying I was worried about sleeping, even in the day, yeah. your brain says, yeah, you didn't sleep last night. Let me remind you I of that. I know, there. yeah. So you build the problem. Yeah. When we flip it around and we say, actually... OK, I'm confident today. The first thing I, I put my feet on the floor in the morning and I say to myself, what's going to be good about today? My brain then sends me, oh, I'm going to see Luke and Fionn or I'm going to the gym or I've got this amazing client today. Yeah. So it sends me good evidence because that's what I'm asking it to do. So I would say that for confidence, that's one of the things you can really do is start to really focus your mind on cognitively thinking of all the times you've been confident yeah maybe uh, f- you know f- for a woman putting lipstick on maybe or you know getting dressed and you know making making yourself look and feel good yes maybe yeah. going for a walk hanging out with co- with people that make you feel good that's the one Radiators yeah not drained yeah that's <laughs> the
0: one do you know what's really interesting is that, like you you realize when you spend time with like people for example like one of my really good mates is george And like, I see that bloke and even if he's had a really, really bad day, I look at him and he just starts, he just laughs and he makes me laugh. There's no real reason why. And sometimes he's had the worst day ever, but he tells you and he starts, he goes, I don't even know why I'm laughing because it's not even (laughs) that it's funny. It's like just, and it also, it gets worse. Like every week has got like progressively worse, but he still has that mindset. And I just think it's hilarious because he just, even someone else in that situation could literally probably be in a breakdown right with what that bloke's gone through yeah. but like for me it's like I can't believe it makes me happier because I'm like bloody hell if you're like <laughs> that and you're happy then like and he just and he's an open book George he's just literally like tells yeah. you everything but I just feel like the energy that bloke radiates you instantly see him and you're like bang, I'm in yeah. a good mood. Yeah. Like, and I that's couldn't... a bit
1: like you, I find yeah. that with you, with you with you guys. I can walk in here, I've had a couple of sessions with Fion, where I've been in a bucket, like sobbing on the shoulder. Yeah. But we've still got on and he's kind of dragged me up. Yeah. And, and I would hope that because we're creatures whose energy fires off each other because we've got mirror neurons that are like if you imagine a mohican down the middle of your brain we've got all these amazing networks of of neurons that fire off each other yeah so if you're with really negative people your brain's going to follow their pattern yeah and we are the sum total of the five people we hang around with most i know it's fact it's absolute truth so you know get your asses out and find the people that make you smile that make you that lift you higher yeah i know it sounds a bit crass but it's absolutely true
0: I feel like that as well. And it's also interesting though, because there's people that I I spend a lot of time with that do very well work, very, very good, make good money. Yep. But equally, they're not always the happiest people, you know? And I'm not saying that specific people, but then I've got people that are really, really happy, but yeah. don't necessarily have the most money. And you've also got people that have great families, amazing families, amazing kids, but then also have, I don't know, relationship issues and blah, 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 you know, those kind of things. But what I'm trying to do is I I like cherry pick the good things out of each person I know. Because yeah, sure. there's nobody I know right now that I can actually think to myself, oh, I want that life. But yeah. what I actually think to myself is, oh, actually, I really respect that, that part of that person's life. So if that person set up a really good business, I'm like, that's amazing. What can I take from that? Yeah. However maybe they put too much into their business and not enough into their relationship and their family. And then I look at someone with like two, three kids and they're always doing stuff, but maybe the money's a bit tight. Yeah. I'm like, actually, what can I take from that understanding because they've got a great family life, but could I maybe take a little bit of that, but not 100% and then focus yeah. a bit more on the work side. So in a way you've got like above average of everything. Because I yeah. don't think if you focus 100% on the business, yeah. to me, then the relationship and the family life struggles. Because sure. you can't give 100 percent on everything, yeah. but you could maybe give 70 percent on the business. Yeah. I mean, I say that's an, an X <laughs> amount on. But I've, I've run out of percentages here, but you can <laughs> you could be careful with maybe not overdoing it in one area. But yeah, I massively. think if people want to earn, I'm making this up. You know, a million pounds, or they want to do a you know yeah. you know they want a 10 grand a month, then something's going to probably f- struggle. Or, and some people have to understand that maybe their partner has to understand they're not going to be around as much for a period of time but it's very very hard to smash everything in your life and i think people need to realize to be mindful not to chase this because they get this really good business but then end up their partner leaves them and their kids resent them because they never had any time when they were youngsters. Yeah, it's
1: about balance, isn't it? And yeah. I think if you look at very, very successful people, the Jeff Bezos's of the world, you know, the um, I can't, my, I'm dreadful in names, Mark Zuckerberg um, and stuff like that. Yeah, and you, Th- yeah, they've all compromised something. Yeah, you don't get to be a multi-billionaire by sitting on your ass. No, there is always a compromise. But I guess sometimes you have to put the hours in now. Yeah, <laughs> for, for the future gain. But there's no right. There's no right or wrong, is there? No. And a lot of those people have become. Busy. I think busy can also become our drugs and alcohol. And that's that's and what I, I mean. I'm a busy person yeah. because I choose not to drink or smoke. But I know for me, sometimes busy does become my way of coping with stress. Yeah. So I have to really cognitively say to myself, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being busy. Stop running around like a headless chicken and actually take some time for you, which I know you guys are really are really big on, you know, in your program, especially with, with mums and women, you yeah. know, take some time for you because we often give so much as mums. I've got six kids. Yeah. I run a business that i am last in the queue yeah and my goal to me last year was about being actually no i'm going to be selfish selfish is good it allows me oxygen masks on first it allows me to be a better person for my clients to the people i meet for my kids my husband you know i'm a mother i'm a daughter-in-law it allows me to be better when i do take some time off for me
0: i think that's a big thing i think people don't realize i think some people can maybe take be selfish in going out drinking and maybe all the negative things and not enough of the positive impacts but yeah i think that's a good that's a good wrap-up point Massive. i think we'll wrap up there but Massive, thank you. so if anyone wants to reach out so and um, for example and just have a chat with you doesn't necessarily even have to sign up to your sessions or anything not but like what's your instagram
1: God, now you've asked me. <laughs> <laughs> what a boomer. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Downey Danielle. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm not on the talk, I'm afraid. Um, I'm on Facebook as um, Danielle Downey or the Freedom Hypnotherapy Practice. And Perfect. if you were to Google the Freedom Hypnotherapy Practice, you can send me a message on there and I do, a, I do an hour-long free session via Zoom or face-to-face yeah. for you just to come along and chat about how you'd like things to be because I think sometimes when we kind of have the magic wand question and ask, how do you want to be? Then that's great. Yeah, cool. perfect. Thanks so much for having me. That's
0: all right.